Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 210 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. We back. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It is raining. He is Justin, the professor, Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, overcast. I already know your weather. You don't have to tell me how the weather is. Bye. But uh, how's your weekend? Weekend was good. I uh, went to a friend's wedding last night, so I'm tired today. Uh, yeah. But it was it was fun. Uh, drank a lot. Yep. <laughs> the usual wedding as one does. Saskatchewan. They uh. Yep. For their their supper, they did like a like a roast pig. Like they just had like the whole pig. So they like, cut the pig up, and it was. Was it pre-cut where it was like their no. little sections or oh you had no, to actually like, like take a knife and carve? Yeah, they had to carve the pig. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty neat. That's there was intense. a candy bar, so naturally I had like four or five bags of candy because I'm 12. Um, candy. Yeah. So I've been trying to eat healthier. So last night was like my, like the cheat day to end all cheat days, essentially. So now I have to be a good boy for the rest of the time that Taryn's at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another week. Uh, but yeah, no, that was my weekend. How was yours? uh it was pretty chill sarah went to a wedding in another country Uh, i didn't think that i had the time off when this came up Uh, and also i'm still not a great traveler so i didn't think that i would be mentally prepared to make a trip like this but i also didn't think that i had the vacation and then i found out later i did have the vacation but it was too late because i don't have my passport because i'm lazy (laughs) i better get that soon yeah um so she's been gone and it's just been me and freddie hanging out just kind of i don't know we watched uh the mummy a classic we i finished up uh season five of cobra kai oh yeah Uh, i don't know if you're a fan i haven't ever watched it i've heard people like oh. it but i don't know i haven't got into Dude, it myself. It's so good what else did i watch this weekend i watched another movie this is crazy i watched another movie last night and i can't fucking remember what movie i watched you watched hot fuzz right i watched it this morning <laughs> yes <laughs> a great big so bushy beard yeah, i love that movie so much it's like yes. uh, my sister and i that's our go-to whenever she comes to visit if it's, we have time we'll typically sit down and watch it it's a great comfort movie 100 percent. great uh on my radar tonight i think is going to be uh, it's going to be something light that I'll just have in the background while I play some Minecraft. T- today's a cool down. Yep. Uh, there's lots of stuff to watch. I just re-upped on Netflix. I got rid of it, and now it's I got it back. I don't know what's wrong with me, but here we are. I, I'm going to watch something light <laughs> and funny. I don't know what I'm going to watch yet, just yet, but uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um how do I explain this? There, do you know what an iceberg is? The big thing that's in the ocean. Yeah, I know what an iceberg is. Oh no, but the iceberg, <laughs> as it's, um, there's like this meme or or this like uh, template that's been going around for a long time about icebergs, and it's basically 
it's like it, you pick a topic and then like the deeper you go the more like deep the the information is okay so it talks about really it could be like like say for example there was a baseball iceberg the deeper you go down it would be stuff like obscure topics that are kind of like dark or mysterious or controversial or conspiracy theory-esque so like stuff like uh mlb knew about uh hgh the whole time or oh so conspiracy theories stuff yes anyway so there is this really large conspiracy theory iceberg that exists and i'm not saying like i'm not a conspiracy theory person at all i think that's exactly what a conspiracy person would say <laughs> no but really like i i find the material very interesting however i am not a conspiracy theorist at all i don't i do not believe that a lot of the popular conspiracy theories that are in existence right now are supportable at all by evidence that could be uh easily uh qualified in a discussion but i find the iceberg conspiracy theory iceberg very interesting and there is this nine hour video all about the conspiracy theory iceberg i've watched it all before twice and this is my third time watching it i just put it on the background a great waste of nine hours no but it's something i put on in the background while i do other stuff right and uh it's just it's a fun listen because it's crazy stupid stuff like um it deals with a lot of i wouldn't say paradoxes but um theories like i i told you about roko's basilisk before about this idea of a, a uh, like a supercomputer ai coming into existence and then wanting to destroy humanity except it saves the parts of humanity that tried to bring it into existence it's very it's there's a lot of thought experiments in it and there's a lot of stuff like um base level conspiracy theories that ended up being true like the the famous one is mk ultra i don't know if you've ever heard of that i know what that is yeah yeah that was a conspiracy theory until it was proven to be an actual thing that happened now i'm not going so far as to say everything that's ever been said about mk ultra is true or anything like that it's just that's like the only example that conspiracy theorists could hang their hat on. Um, that and I, I guess the uh, second incident at the Gulf of Tonkin, uh, which was used as a justification for the Vietnam War in part. Anyway, I don't want to get into this too much, but my eyes are just like glossing over right now. I know. Like I've been, I've been watching a lot of those types of videos and I've also been watching a lot of videos about horror movies as well, which I find fascinating, the history of horror movies. So I've been doing that in my free time while I play Minecraft or while I do the so dishes. You have an or... abundance of free time, my friend. I have, yeah, because <laughs> I stopped doing overtime. I'm taking a break. Yeah. And, and uh, obviously we, are, we have a little bit of extra time because we've only been doing one episode a week for a little while. Yeah. Um, so all this free time is getting filled up with tomfoolery on YouTube. Uh, movies I've already watched like 10 times and other comfort food for the mind. So there you go. 
What a waste of the first five minutes of this podcast. What the fuck are we talking about? I just kind of was listening while you went in on that. So <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't help it. It was just, I find it really fascinating. I don't condone conspiracy theories. Don't fucking do that thing where you listen to me out of context. That's not what I'm saying. I find the content interesting. I think it's all a bunch of bullshit. And if I'm you like bullshit, <laughs> listen to us. Uh, jibber jabber. Is that the right? Is that something you can say? I think so. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Jibber jabber. You know that was actually the name of a Canadian TV series. Jibber jabber. Must have been before my time. Oh yeah, way before <laughs> your time, dude. It was like the 1990s. Well, I mean, I anyway. was born in the 90s, but yeah, I wouldn't remember that. Yeah, no, you're you're too young. Anyway, if you like you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFND Podcast. DM or tweet us uh your questions we're on anchor apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts uh there's a widget on bfndpodcast.com for you to listen to uh all of our episodes including old ones so if you feel like listening to old game recaps from three and a half years ago i guess (laughs) go for it (laughs) uh yeah thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode we're really excited to uh to chat today another word for jibber jabber is blather drivel babble gabble prattle twaddle and blabber so there you go um let's talk about baseball let's 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 blabber about baseball anything cool happen justin uh well our boy albert Poolhouse uh is up to 698 uh he's got basically two weeks of games left to hit two more home runs get 700 i say he does it can we it, is it time to start talking about who the best first baseman is of all time not on this show no <laughs> just shutting that you know like just shutting this shit down okay what i'm getting at is albert pujols obviously whether he hits 700 home runs or he doesn't it really doesn't matter it's just a round number for people to be excited about for my money i think he might be the goat at first base i don't or maybe lou gehrig i changed my answer it's lou gehrig <laughs> but albert pujols is one of the best of all time yes it's it's magical what we're seeing here in his his final season yeah hopefully he can uh, get those two more home runs it would if, uh, it would suck if he doesn't <laughs> I know if he had just stayed in St. Louis or if COVID never happened, he'd probably pass the Bambino. He could have. Yeah. There's another, it was 715 for the babe, right? Yeah. 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 He could have done it. Um, yeah. Aaron judge, uh, this season's home run King is on track to beat Roger Maris's American league record of 61 home runs. Judge has, uh, two more today. He's up to 59. Wow. On the season. And the Yankees still have uh, another 15 games left after today. Um, yeah. So he, uh, he he should do that. <laughs> he might even get 65 or more. So he needs to hit two home runs in 15 games to tie the record. And he'll likely hit more than that because uh, they're going to give him as many at-bats as he can get him, as they should. He's hitting leadoff for them the last, like, two weeks. And yeah, he's, he's actually... Uh, like, He's he's almost got the triple triple crown right now. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of crazy. He is uh, three for four so far today. He's up to bat with two on and two out in the ninth. 
against the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, who we were hoping would uh, do better. But he, yeah, yeah they, took, they, they took the first two in the series. The Brew Crew did so. They did, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I guess. Uh, and the Jays had their own success too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took two of three from Baltimore. Uh, today's loss kind of stings a bit, but not so much that I'm gonna, you know, cry in the shower about it. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about the standings. Uh, Justin, why don't you take us through the American League uh, first, and we'll talk about our guys, and we'll talk yeah. about what's left. For sure. So in the American League, uh, things are still relatively stable for the Blue Jays right now, Patrick. Uh, mm-hmm. They're currently five games back of the Yankees. The Yankees, as we said, are winning today, so that would move the Jays to five and a half uh, behind New York. Those teams still do have three games coming up, uh, not this coming week, but the week after. Um, in the American League Central, the Cleveland Guardians continue to lead that. They're currently three and a half games up on the White Sox. The White Sox have won their last two, and Cleveland has lost their most recent game. Uh, they still have to play today against Minnesota, though. Minnesota is six back of Cleveland in the division, and they're eight back in the wild card. So both uh, the White Sox and the Twins, their only hope of postseason baseball is to somehow catch Cleveland. It's not looking good for them. Houston is the first team in the American League to uh, clinch a playoff spot. Uh, they've almost clinched the division as well. They're 14 and a half up on Seattle, so that's all but secured. In the wild card standings, though, Patrick, uh, things are tight among the three top teams. The Blue Jays are currently a half game up on Tampa and a game and a half up on Seattle. Of course, uh, Tampa and Seattle are still due to have results today. Um, so those standings will change a little bit. But the most important thing is that the Jays are six games up on Baltimore right now. And Baltimore is the first team on the outside looking in. Um, the Jays, as we'll talk about, took two to three from Baltimore this weekend. Uh, almost had the sweep, but uh, a rare rough outing from Jordan Romano blew a save and ended up uh, the Jays ended up losing by one. They couldn't quite come back in the bottom half of the ninth, but still took two to three. And that was after taking three out of five from Tampa. So the Jays won a majority of the games this week against the teams that they're battling for a playoff spot with. So overall, it was a fine week. They're currently 83 and 64 and 19 games above 500. Patrick, how are you feeling about uh, where the Jays are sitting right now? Good. Really good. Yeah. We said, the, <laughs> we said the ideally this week would go with eight games in seven days. It was going to be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up taking. They went six uh, and three, or five. No, and, five and three. Yeah. They were five and three. Five and three excuse me. Yeah. Uh, they won both series. Yeah. Uh, which was exactly what we had hoped for. Exactly. T- gained a game on both the teams that they were battling with, right? So. <laughs> yeah, the loss today does sting uh, because they were up going into the ninth, and obviously. Uh, Jordan Romano struggled and, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It happens. There haven't been too many of those this year. So no, there's only been three and this was one of them. So there you go. Uh, not that big a deal. He'll shake it off. I think generally speaking after all the baseball that was played this week, um, the team's probably in need of this day off. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last day off that they have until September 29th. So they've got 10 days 
in a row where they have a baseball game. They've got two against the Phillies, four against the Rays, and three against the Yankees before they get another day off. So that's nine games in, I guess it's nine, nine games in nine days. Um, most of them are on the road. It's going to be a tough stretch, and things look good right now. I know some fans, myself included, are hopeful that the division isn't necessarily out of reach. But if we're being honest with ourselves, with the elimination number being 12, with, what is it, 15 games to go? Not realistic. Even if we swept the Yankees, they're still a gap. It, if they had won today and the Yankees had lost, then it would have been three and a half games. It would have been interesting, but no. It was just not a good day for uh, for the Jays as far as the division, chasing the division. I think realistically, the wild card has to be what they focus on. And yeah, like you said, they beat both the teams that, that are behind them, or yep. two teams that are behind them. So they gained, overall, they gained ground for sure during this week baltimore's elimination number is 14 they're four and a half back of seattle remember they're four and a half back of seattle yeah we're six games up on them and they only have three games left to play against us which means they have to win three more games than the jays do in this final 15 set of 15 games Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh in out of those games they have to win all three of those games uh against the jays or they'll, you know, they'll lose ground. So, I like the position Toronto is in right now. They're very much so in control of their destiny. Uh, being yeah. wild card number one is ideal for us because it means we get at least two games at home. Yeah, and keep in mind too, Patrick, that the Jays currently hold the season series at eight and seven against Baltimore. So Baltimore would have to basically sweep the blue jays to overcome them in a tie so yeah 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 that's another thing that's benefited from the jays winning winning the last two series against baltimore is that they have pulled ahead in the the season series after they were behind for a while there so i would not heap dirt on the chicago white Sox just yet even in the wild card they're Uh only one game behind baltimore yeah, they got they got a lot of work to do there though. There's their yes. best chance is still catching Cleveland because there it's only a it is and a half game. mathematically yeah, absolutely fair. it is. However, they're not that much further behind Baltimore that it would be unrealistic, and they have a better record in their last ten games than Baltimore does. So Chicago probably has Chicago and Baltimore have tough schedules if you look at what they have left. And Seattle has a very soft schedule, as you alluded to off uh, off mic. Yeah. To me, I didn't know this, but they have a very very soft schedule. They yeah they don't play they don't play a team in a playoff spot or near a playoff spot for the rest of the season. So, so. their destiny is very much in their hands. Yeah. As well, so I think the three teams that we see now, I think this is it. Yeah. I think Baltimore made it very interesting. However they there's too much there's there's too much they would have to do i don't i i I don't think they're gonna pass toronto no but well i don't know i wouldn't throw i wouldn't bury the white Sox just yet but i think the twins are just about 
Yeah, Sox here's the thing. Can, like the yeah. White Sox and Twins have six more games against each other. Um, the White yeah. Sox and the Guardians play each other three times this week. But for the mm. Guardians, like they've got the three versus Chicago, then they go to Texas, then they play Tampa, but then their last six games are all versus Kansas City. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty favorable when you when you've got three left at Texas and then six versus Kansas City. So, yeah, it'll be technically be it's tough. crazy <laughs> to say this, but technically you can't eliminate Boston yet. Although I would definitely heap up like a mountain of dirt yeah, they're, on them. They're done. I'm, I I I'm, feel comfortable they're, they're fading done. them, but I don't feel comfortable <laughs> fading the Twins because they could still yeah. come back and win the division. However, their second half collapse has been yeah. historic, unbelievable. When you look at like just loss numbers, Boston has eleven more losses than the three teams currently in the wild card race. So, yeah, that's too much to overcome. It is too much. It's not mathematically impossible. However, it's yeah, their elimination number is eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so even if they won out every single game, the other teams have to lose, I think, eight more games than yeah. Boston zero. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just like the math. Just It's, it's not, just, it's not yeah. there when you look at it. So if, if at this point in the season, I think if you're looking out at the wild card, anybody below the White Sox is out. Um, it's really only Baltimore and Chicago that have any chance of catching Seattle, Tampa, or Toronto. But it's yeah, still, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the three teams that are in the wild card race right now are going to be the three teams that get it. It's just going to be a matter of who plays who in the first round because one of them's going to have to play uh, Cleveland and one of them and two of them are going to play each other. So yeah, ideally, that works. ideally we would either play Cleveland or we would play. Tampa. I'm yeah. more concerned about playing Seattle, especially if we have to play Seattle on the road. True. That would be the worst case scenario. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what'll happen if if Toronto hosts Seattle because we they had to leave some players at home in that series that they came to Toronto and it'll be interesting to see if any of those players have gotten vaccinated. But we won't we won't delve into that until we absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, but it, it, that's another consideration is the Blue Jays want to put themselves in the best position. They will hold down the top wildcard spot because that'll give them the best the best uh, chance of winning, obviously, three games at home. And it'll also put other teams in a, in a tough spot if some of their players can't come. And that's not the Blue Jays' fault. So, yeah. Anyway. Let's discuss the uh, the National League. Uh, there's quick. some interesting <laughs> shit happening yeah. in the NL. Yeah, so Houston, or sorry, not Houston. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves continue to duel in the NL East. The Mets are currently up by a game over Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mets have played two more games than the Braves have at this point. They both have 55 losses. The Mets have 93 wins. In the Central, the Cardinals are now seven and a half games up on the Brewers, all but assuring that they'll win that division. And the Dodgers have already clinched both the division and the playoff spot. They're 21 games up on San Diego in the (laughs) National League West, and they have a run differential of 328, which is just crazy. For comparison, the Yankees are at 205, and the Astros are at 199. So, yeah, the uh, Dodgers have scored 781 runs. And I've only given up 453. Um, God damn. And for contrast, Detroit is the lowest scoring offense in baseball. They have 482 runs scored all season. 
So they've barely scored more runs than the Dodgers have allowed. So That's pretty crazy. crazy. Um, in the wild card, though, things are more interesting than more interesting than they were last time. Patrick, uh, the Brewers are on a bit of a stretch right now. Obviously, they uh, they won two to three so far against the Yankees, and that that game is still going um, between them today. But they're currently only a game and a half back of San Diego. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia has fallen back a bit, which we'll be talking about shortly because the Blue Jays do play them coming up for two games this week. But Philly is uh, on a four-game slide right now. Their next game is against the Blue Jays on Tuesday. They have an off day tomorrow as well. Atlanta is the first wild card spot. They're 11 games up on Philly and San Diego. They're Them or the Mets are either going to win the division or get the top wild card spot. Uh, but now it's a three-team race between Philly, San Diego, and Milwaukee for only two spots. The Giants are ten and a half games back in the wild card. They're faded. Fade so it's just three teams that are left in the National League with a real shot at making uh, those those two wild card spots for two and three. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how how it fares how it plays out. I mean, Philly's got to play the Jays for two games. And obviously, we know that uh, the Jays are a good team, <laughs> and so are the Phillies. So that'll be a tough uh, two game set there. And yeah, obviously the Padres will still have some divisional games left. So you, they, for them, you hope it's not too many against the Dodgers because the Dodgers are just the class of baseball. But if the Padres get to play Arizona, Colorado, San Fran, teams that are out of the race already, uh, they've definitely got a shot at, at winning a, a ton of games. Are you ready to hear this? I, I think you're ready to hear this. They have three games against the Cardinals, followed by three against the Rockies. Then they have a three-game set against the Dodgers followed by three against the White Sox, and then they conclude with three against the Giants. So, Ooh, that's not easy, actually. No, uh, the three against the Cardinals and the three against the Dodgers, obviously, those are the two teams. Even the White Sox. I didn't realize there was still uh, some interleague series left after this. Yep. This was and then last, last week. I didn't realize it would go until like the last week of baseball. Like the, that. Uh, and that stretch from the 27th until the 5th, uh, there are no days off. Oof. So they got to play LA, LA, LA at home and then chicago 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 at home and then uh giants 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 at home so not terrible uh, as far as like at least they'll be at home yeah but that doesn't really mean shit if you're getting beaten up by the dodgers honestly i you you got to give props to milwaukee we were ready to to start last episode (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah we were we were ready for it and I'm now here they are to uh last sunday just to give us a look at where they were last week uh they were they were still only they were only two games back last week so they've only they've only trained it by a half game but they haven't lost any ground we were we were kind of ready to put them out of their misery last week <laughs> yeah and here we are now also uh if you look at the schedule for the brewers they have three against the mets four against the reds mm-hmm. two against the cardinals uh, three against the Marlins and three against the Diamondbacks. That's a that's much uh, softer. Yeah. They have fewer games against teams that are better than they are, and four against the Reds. That's got to be a juicy opportunity. <laughs> you got to think they'd be yeah. looking at that as juicy. Uh, and then finishing off the year, uh, you look at their schedule. Their final one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games are all at home. It's, yeah, it's going to so, be absolutely thrilling, I guess, to watch the these two wild card races play out. 
Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and uh, it's also worth noting, too, that uh, while San Francisco are out of it, imagine having the opportunity to beat your division and uh, state mm-hmm. rivals to knock them out of the playoffs. you got to think San Francisco's going to get up for those games. You would think so, yeah. <laughs> One would think, yes. One would assume that they would try to win the baseball games. Um, yeah, but that's that's the standings update. It's it's getting wild this week for the Blue Jays, Patrick. It's another big week of baseball. They've got the off day tomorrow. Then there's yeah. two on the road in Philadelphia, followed by four at the Trop starting on Thursday. Oh. So this is uh, it's a pretty Shit. big week. Obviously, they just finished up yeah. eight games in the last seven days. And the off day tomorrow is, is much deserved after a good stretch of baseball for the team. And now they've got to go on the road and, and battle two teams who are also fighting for wild card positioning and, and for play- their playoff lives, essentially, in Philadelphia's case with the Brewers so close. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And, I mean, the first pitching matchup in, in Philly is Stripling versus Kyle Gibson. We know that what Ross has done all season for the Blue Jays. He's been honestly the team MVP in my opinion, just because of the fact, and we've talked about this before, that without him being what he has been, they would have really Gosman and Manoa as reliable starters, and then Barrios every now and then has shown flashes of, of greatness. But Stripling's really just been a, a solid five, six inning guy every time, and that's really all you need is if you can hand the the ball over to your bullpen with your starter only giving up like two runs, you're you're more than happy every time. Um, Can we yeah. take the time? While I appreciate Ross Stripling, and, and I do think that he has been, he's earned any sort of, if, whether it's an extension or, or, or what happens with him, he whatever it is, he's earned it. Uh, when the season is done, I'd like to talk a little bit about Kyle Gibson, um, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to talk about him too. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I mean, okay, the, you you, you go and then I'll go. The, that was the next thing on my list was to talk about him. Okay, you go, <laughs> you go and then I'll go. Sure. So uh, I know a lot about Kyle Gibson because I, I have him on my Dynasty baseball team. So I can tell you that he's been inconsistent this year. There have been yeah. stretches for him and months for him, such as his month of, of, uh, of, of uh, August, excuse me, where he went and had a 230 ERA for the month. And then also months like he's having currently in September where he has an 8.53 ERA through three starts. He's had starts where he's gone seven innings of shutout baseball. And then he's gone starts like he did in the, on the, his first outing against the San Fran Giants this month where he gave up seven runs in an inning in two-thirds. There's been some real clunkers. He's comparable to Jose Brios in terms of how he's performed this season is how I would say based on like a, a game-to-game, you just never really know what you're going to get. And that's kind of where I would I would compare him to a Blue Jays pitcher. Um, overall, I mean, this guy's fastball cutter slider. That's what you're going to see from him. And not going to blow you away is like 92 average fastball velo. So no gas. He's going to not strike out many people. He won't walk a ton, but he struggles to get any sort of swing and miss. And I think for the Blue Jays, who are a team that does have a pretty high swing and miss rate, Gibson's the kind of guy they can jump all over. They have faced him in the past. He obviously he was with the Texas Rangers for a while. And I do think that he's a guy that Blue Jays can hopefully jump on on Tuesday. 
you're gonna see a steady diet of of cutters you're gonna see and it's a it's a good cutter uh you're gonna see a steady diet of four seamers you're gonna see a steady uh diet of uh of of yeah sinker yes yeah, it's gonna be very it, it's, it's interesting nice. yeah. his curveball's gotten the snot hit out of it this year he but he's kind of <laughs> he doesn't throw it as much anymore i think he's kind of dumped it yeah. uh good for him yeah the slider's uh, been great for him in terms of his batting averages yeah if you look at it when the uh the slider is the one that's getting the the strikes mm-hmm. k percentage of 34.1 um the uh how do i say this the, I, I would say, like, the pitch I think you want to key in on with this is probably because the sinker's not very fast. I think that might be the one yeah, you, you kind you're, of... you're looking for the sinker up in the zone. If you can't get it down, that's the one you can hammer. Yeah. I 100%. think that's what it is, and that's what they'll have to look at. Um, I like his stuff. Like, I've, I, he's, he's had a decent career. And... Uh, I, yeah, he does kind of seem like he's had a Burrios type season where he he actually lately his last couple appearances haven't really been very good. No, he's had a rough uh, month. But he's got lots of interesting metrics that there's not a lot of blueberry. There's a few blueberries on his uh, on his Savant page. Uh, he gets guys to chase, uh, and he doesn't walk guys uh, quite as much. Um, I don't know. I they're gonna have to be selective i think is the word when it comes to uh how they choose to face kyle gibson tell us tell me about uh game two for sure that one's going to be uh kevin gossman who we know all about obviously and again zach wheeler and wheeler's having a great year patrick um he's currently 11 and 7 with a 307 era he's made 23 starts got a lot of red numbers on his savant page um, he will strike guys out. He won't walk you. He gets a lot of swing and miss, a lot of chase. Got great spin rates. Like this guy is like your prototypical front end starter for any team. He throws ninety six to ninety nine on his fastball. He's he can hit he can hit hit some velo numbers. Uh, his sliders in there at ninety one as well. Like it's a very high um, a very high velo slider from what you see at league average. League average is like eighty five on a slider. And he does throw a little curveball every now and then too, but it's like mostly four seamers, uh, about 40% of the time. Slider at about 28. He does throw a sinker, aka two seamer as well, about 17% of the time. Then that curveball's in there at 12%. He's going to look to get you swinging with the curveball and with the slider. Those are his two put away pitches. His curveball hasn't been as good for him this year. Yeah. which I think is why you've you've seen the the usage of the slider increase drastically. Last year he threw his slider or sorry, 2 years ago in 2020 he threw the slider under 20% of the time. This year it's just about 30. So he's really adopted more of the slider style pitcher that this, those guys have been moving towards. We see it with Alec Manoa, mostly sinker, mostly slider. Jordan yeah. Romano throws fastball slider. Like those are the two pitches that people throw right now. Um, classic slider yeah and and for him like batters are only hitting 200 against his slider and 203 against his fastball so he just doesn't really get hit hard on his two primary pitches so for the jays they're gonna have to look for mistakes and honestly you're not gonna get too many of these 
against uh against Wheeler. So Kevin Gosman's going to be incredibly important in this game because if he can't keep Bryce Harper in the Phillies offense off the board and and below say three runs over his six plus innings of work, it's going to be tough for the Jays to win that game too for sure. Your only hope, I think, for Zach Wheeler is to get him out of the game, work the count yeah. as much as you can. He is he throws a lot and, of strikes. <laughs> he throws a lot of strikes. So your only hope is that you can work the count or foul off like five pitches and at bat. Yeah. You gotta do what you can to try to get him out the game. I yeah. don't you see I I'm all for swinging at the first pitch. But you got to make sure the first pitch is something you can hammer, though. If you're gonna, yeah, the first pitch. he's just his. He's got, he's got the juice on the fastball, man. And that's scary. Uh, and he has an excellent slider. He's there's. I I feel like they're gonna strike out a lot. Yeah, it could be a game where the Blue Jays strike out ten times and still find a way to win. Um, got to get him out the game though. You've, you've got to try and jump on him in the first inning before he can settle in. Hopefully Springer, Vladdy, and Bo can do some damage to lead off the game. That way the Jays can hopefully, like you said, get the pitch count up a little bit because, yeah, that's the only chance you have is if you can knock this guy out before he can get you into the sixth or seventh inning because if he does that, you know that you're yeah, either winning a tight game or losing <laughs> at that point. Get him out the game. That's yeah. really all, all you can say. Um, we can. We, I'm not going to preview all the Tampa matchups because, as we know, against the Rays – they like to change things so much. Um, as of now, it's going to be Barrios and Manoa in the first two games. The Jays are going to use the off day tomorrow to skip the fifth spot in the rotation right now. So then there's not going to be a bullpen game this mm -hmm. week, hopefully. Um, Barrios and Manoa will go Thursday and Friday. Right now it's projected that it'll be Yarbrough and Springs. The Jays... We, we just saw Springs in the last series, and he had a very good game against the Blue Jays. A lot of fastball changeup and had them just baffled as a lefty. Uh, the Saturday game is where it gets interesting. That's the 24th, and that is 15 days from when the Jays optioned Mitch White down so he can come back. Obviously, he came up as the 29th man at the doubleheader, but regular option rules don't apply for doubleheader games. So Mitch White is eligible to return to the, the active roster by being recalled on the 24th. So we could see him come up for that game, or the Jays could try to go bullpen game on Saturday against Drew Rasmussen, who is also a very good pitcher. Um, and I'm not really... I didn't I didn't go as far as Sunday, because that'll be... It should be Stripling again. Um, and then whoever the Rays haven't thrown, maybe Kluber or somebody by then. It's really difficult. Or McClanahan again. <laughs> it could, it's really difficult with the Rays. Yeah. Who... Who knows? You just never know because they tend to just use Yarbrough whenever they need a bulk as well. So they'll if if they need a bulk outing and he hasn't pitched in a few days, they'll just go to him for three four innings. So that's what I expect them to do before the series. I, I just yeah. don't see them. I, I think they'll do what they did last time, which yep. is they'll start Yarbrough right before this series because well, last time they had to use him because they got shellacked by the Yankees the day before. Yeah, to Toronto and they had to use him to get through that game. And, I mean, they don't have an off day tomorrow. They play Houston tomorrow because um, they don't have a two-game series. They have a three-game series against them. And it's projected to be Rasmussen, McClanahan, Kluber in that three-game set, which would make you think that 
it would be Yarbrough, Springs, Rasmussen, and then McClanahan on the Sunday game against the Blue Jays mm. if things stay on rotation. But yeah, we know that the Yarbrough spot is kind of a spot where they may do a bullpen day or they might uh, bump everybody back or something. Like You never know what could happen. But it's looking like it'll be Springs, Rasmussen, and McClanahan in games two, three, and four. But game one is kind of a toss-up depending on what happens most likely in the Kluber start because he got rocked in New York last time out. Yeah, as long as the Jays are 500 or better during the week, that's really that's really all they have to do for the rest of the year. Yeah, just um, trade a win and a loss here if you need to. Um, yeah, it, like, winning the series against Tampa would be huge as be far money. as securing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, uh, securing the top wild card because obviously that is preferable. Yeah, if the Jays go 8-7 and seven in their remaining 15 games, they would finish the same record as last year. But this time they would be in the probably in the playoffs. Yeah, because when you look at it that way, Baltimore has uh, 17 games left. And we're, they, we're six off they would them. have to win basically 16 of those to, to, tie nine, to, to get to 92 wins and outdo the Blue Jays, so... Yeah, yeah. It, that's why I'm saying it's it's very likely the Jays will miss the playoffs. It just depends on what spot they're going to be in. If they can just play 500 baseball, that'll be enough to get them there. So don't if nobody out, everyone out there listening, don't get uh, don't get too flustered if the Jays don't win every game. Like they can play 500 baseball. Hopefully everybody stays healthy and get hopefully get Gurriel back, get Kirk back and healthy, and hopefully Springer can get some rest and make sure his elbows get to go for every day in the playoffs because you're going to need them. And that's really what you want <laughs> to happen. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, getting Gurriel back would be a huge boost to this team. I think he's great for morale, but he's also a very good baseball player. Yeah. If, he, if you need to hopefully get him back with like five, seven games left, like hopefully he doesn't miss more than another week. That way he can at least try and get back into a rhythm. Cause when he gets on one of his streaks, he can, carry the team as we saw him do in july so um that would be big (laughs) yeah i think everything is in place for the jays to sort of i wouldn't say coast i would say there it's still it's still pedal down for the team oh yeah but like this isn't this isn't like uh it's not like they're in baltimore or chicago's position right now where they're on the outside looking in they're I think more if concerned you concerned with just maintaining positioning. I think if you go into the Baltimore series and you've already clinched a playoff spot, you do at least one the final game of that will be a bullpen day. Like there's no chance Manolo yeah, will they could start. even they could even just depending on what the where the rotation is, they can just give it to Mitch White or start Kikuchi for a game, like, you know. Give the I've seen, give the big and, boys a day off. An interesting discussion that the closer we get to it, if we're still in a playoff position, will be uh, who is your game three starter uh, for the wild card? Is yeah. it Jose Barrios or is it Ross Stripling? I know what my answer is. Yeah, right now, it's it's got to be Stripling. But it, yeah, it absolutely is. There's but still three more starts for each of those guys. So. If you go into the final series against Baltimore – and they're close enough where you have to win to ki- like game, to knock yeah. them out. <laughs> We're gonna see Manoa. Yeah, you'll see Manoa or Gosman, and depending where they are in the rotation, you you would probably see Stripling over Brios. I would almost think so. 
because they'll yeah it'll be more important to win the games but if if yeah. we have clinched a wild card position i do not think this team will bother mm -hmm. with wild card positioning yeah i think i think uh, they'd be probably we're almost certainly going to see mitch white yeah. in that final series if 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 that's all she wrote like mm -hmm. if we're in then mitch white is gonna log like 27 innings and look i think the, <laughs> the ideal gonna... scenario for the blue jays going into that last weekend would be yeah like you said they're far enough ahead that they can't lose the playoff spot Ideally, Baltimore is out of contention as well. And I would say, like, the, uh, the perfect scenario is, say, maybe you have to win one out of three games to secure the top wildcard spot. So if the Jays can be two games up on Tampa and far enough ahead up on Seattle that Seattle can't pass them because Seattle does have the tiebreaker still yeah. against the Blue Jays, it would be really nice to see the Jays they need to win one out of three minimum to just, like, secure that top wildcard spot because then that would be yeah. low-stress for the guys, if they can get that Friday win again, or whatever day of the week it is, I think it's a weekday series, they get that first game one win and then be able to uh, rest some of your regulars, like a game, one of the last two games as well, just to get guys fresh. Yes, I agree. Here's the other thing, too, is um, going into that final series is, I, th I, I mean, obviously, it's Manoa and Gossman are your game one and game two. Yeah. I, I really do think strips is the game three. I I don't know. I, I, I think the final three games, you'll know by September 29th because that's your day off. Yeah. That'll leave the Jays with, I believe, first, second, third, fourth. I think that's at least them with like six games left. If you have six games left and three of them are against Baltimore and you're like four, five and a half, or if you're still six up, then... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think he got a start. One of the big boys is probably going to get a start in that last series. But Joe, we'll know yeah. more by the, the 29th, by the because, day Because uh, the season ends on a Wednesday, and the wild card series starts on a Friday. So you do have the Thursday off day Yeah. for travel, for who, whichever team does have to travel. Or two, two teams, I guess, in each league will have to travel. Yeah. Um, so you will have that off day as well to play with at, at the end of the season. But then there's no off days during this series. It's just Friday, Saturday, Sunday, wild card. Yeah. And all games are at one ballpark. That's where that first wild card spot is important because you get three games at home. Um, that'll be the only series in, in the postseason if you keep going where you'll have home field advantage because you'll be the lower seed everywhere else, even if you have more wins than Cleveland, um, <laughs> which is likely. That's also assuming that the team that plays Cleveland doesn't doesn't win yeah. doesn't win still, uh, both its series uh, immediately after because you would have home field advantage in the alcs if one of the wildcard teams no nope. or the, the the other wildcard team yeah, below you if, if the other wildcard team gets won. through but if you in the second round if you're going you're either going to play houston or new york you will not have home field advantage in that no series. you won't so imagine an alcs between seattle and toronto <laughs> that would be pretty wild what yeah. the fuck that's not going to happen but <laughs> it's probably not going to happen but if it, it did it would be wild <laughs> it would be pretty wild there'd be a lot card. of uh, angry yankee fans out there and i would be living for it but um anyway i think that's that's all for us this time the way the games work out we'll probably only be back next sunday because there's there's evening games all week and no off days midweek so we'll 
if if we do come back to you midweek, you'll be a surprise. But for sure, we'll be back with you next weekend after uh, another big week of baseball for the Jays. They've done well thus far, Patrick. And I think, uh, like we said, as long as they can play 500 this week, it's it's good enough, right? Yeah. How do you feel about those final three games against the Yankees? Do you think those will end up mattering? Do you think the division is just so far out of reach? It's just not Look, even worth it, considering. It always matters because you want to beat the Yankees every time. And it, it is, it is likely that the Jays would maybe have to play them in the second round of the playoffs in the wild card. They're, they're either going to, they'd either get Houston or the Yankees in the second round if they, if they do win the wild card series. So, Anytime you can beat up on a on a starting pitcher or uh, one of the bullpen arms or get in the the mind of a hitter and have them have a tough series against you, it, it's really it's really good for the team mentally and bad for the opposition if you can lay a whooping on them because they'll remember that the next time you you can play them again, right? So psychologically, it's a it's still going to be a big series, and you never want to lose to the Yankees, even if even if you're like seven games back in the division or something at that point, even if it's pretty much meaningless. It's yeah. still, it still matters. I will say this about the Yankees. Uh, I hate them. <laughs> but Aaron Judge right now, yeah. what, in the time that we've been talking, he hit a two-run double. Uh, so two more RBIs for the Judge. Uh, he's on pace to hit 65 home runs and pass Roger Maris for the AL record. I don't... I don't really give a shit about the American League record. I understand why it's like it's an easy headline right now. Do you think it's possible Aaron Judge could hit enough home runs in the final 16 games of the season to pass Barry? Wouldn't that be such a fucking coup? <laughs> that would be uh it would be pretty awesome. No contract for next year. Breaks the single season home run record. I mean, the only team that could afford him would be the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That would be great. Um, and I think, look, I I have been very pro Otani all the way through the season be because he's doing stuff that we have never seen before. But I think we're pretty much at the point now where you can put the debate to rest. I don't think... I, um, I just don't think you could argue against Aaron Judge for MVP anymore. I think it's... It's tough. I, I, I think it's settled. <laughs> I mean... I think it's settled. I, I I know we still think it should be Otani, but, I mean, Aaron Judge is having, like, an incredibly historic year and the best bet-on-yourself season of all time, in my opinion. Yes, uh, I would agree with that. Because he turned down, I think it was, like, 213-ish million from the Yankees. I'm not sure what the length was Yeah. on that. But the dude's 30, so, I mean, he was like, you know what? 213 is a lot of money, but I'm going to say no, and I'm going to bet on myself and have a better year, and now he's going to get more than 300, so. Um, yeah. I'm interested. I'm. Do you think there's any chance the Jays take a shot at him? I mean, I think every – I think all 30 teams in baseball are going to reach out to his agent. I'm not sure who – I hope it's not Scott Boris. Oh, my God. I hate that guy. But uh, – Just go do a quick Google. I don't want to look at it. It'll make me, it'll make me sad. I'll uh, tell you who it is. I'll okay. tell you who it is. But, I'll, yeah, every team in baseball is going to going to inquire. <laughs> uh, Aaron Judge's uh, agent is PSI Sports Management. So that – it would say Boris if It would if, be if Boris Corp. Yeah, it's not Boris Corp, so that's good. 
even though some of Boris's clients have come to the Jays in recent years, still just don't like the guy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, every team's going to inquire. There aren't any teams out there who couldn't use a right-handed six foot, a billion player like judge who can hit 60 home runs and play center field. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's uh, like the Paul Bunyan of baseball. He's yeah, just so like, it's, he's very he's, large. He's large. He swings a tree trunk. Yeah. And he hits the ball like 400 feet every time he hits. Well, it. it's, it's just incredible. A, like I, I remember when he was at, at bat and Kirk was catching and Kirk stood up. I don't even know if Kirk's head was like at the letters on his Jersey. Yeah. It's just like, and even when he goes, because I think Vladdy's like six feet or six, two or something like, like Vladdy's not a small dude, obviously, but he's more of a large man than he is a tall boy. And like judge just makes Vladdy look small. And like, there's not many people out there who can make Vladdy look tiny. Yeah, but Judge is just a giant. He is truly a, a man amongst the children on the baseball field. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I that's think that's it for us. Yeah. Freddie has nothing else to add. Freddie's here on my desk right now. He's been he, he's been, he's been a quiet. good boy this entire time recording. No meows from him. Perfect. Take us out, Justin. Yeah, for sure. So if you like what we do. Give us a follow on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can DM or tweet us any questions or topics that you want us to discuss. If you think that Otani should be the MVP, he should be. Let us know. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find our website and listen to the shows at BFMDPodcast.com. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to listen to the episode. If you love what we do or if you don't, please leave us a, a star rating of five stars or less to help more people find us for patrick marsh and freddie out in halifax it's justin here in saskatoon we'll see you when we see ya